Welcome back to the Tapes for Everyone. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. We were made in the 80s. And played in the 90s. And it's an exciting week, actually. I didn't think I was going to be very excited <laughs> about this week's topic because it's a film I'm not actually very fond of. But I really am. Brooke likes it. <laughs> Definitely for the purposes of nostalgia. Yes, for sure. We're going to talk about Godzilla. Yes. As in the 1998 Roland Emmerich film, Godzilla. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Screenplay by Dean Devlin. And this is a film that stars Matthew Roderick, Jean Reno, Maria Patillo, Hank Azaria, and others that we will talk about. Right. Throughout. Throughout. But that's your basic lineup. I remember this movie. I didn't see it when it came out right away. Mm -hmm. And I am someone who grew up as an avid Godzilla fan. Like, as a kid, I remember, you know, watching... Godzilla, battle other creatures, step on buildings, destroy stuff with his atomic breath. Right. <laughs> and as a kid, that was what he was to me. He was just this, from, as a kid, he was this giant dinosaur yeah. cr- creature, monster. Whatever, yeah, hybrid. That showed up and fought other monsters that were bad. Yes. And people ran from him, of course. And, yeah, the, the typical, you know, like you see all the people rushing and... Oh, yeah. It was Godzilla, like, Godzilla. Yeah. So Godzilla obviously is very, very much a part of, you know, he's a very recognizable, popular part of the entertainment culture. Yes. I think even if you never watch Godzilla movies, which I never watched Godzilla yeah. movies, but I knew exactly who and what Godzilla was. Right. There was never a question. Much like Star Wars, Rocky, you yeah. know. These are just canon now. Yeah. The Terminator. You yes. know, Godzilla has established himself. James Bond. Yep. Godzilla has established himself as a cultural figure yeah. in film entertainment history. From Japan, a film company called Toho. Yeah. T-O-H-O. And like I said, growing up in the 80s, born in 1980, you know, I remember Godzilla 1985. Mm-hmm. And I loved Godzilla. <laughs> I mean, I thought he was great. I didn't quite even understand what he was. It didn't matter. Again, but he yeah. was fighting monsters, <laughs> you know. But we're really going to get into... What Godzilla is all about, at least yeah. in our minds, and how I perceive him, and how, of course, how he's perceived, I think, in his mythology, right? That has been established by many films, uh, and the more recent films, 2014's Godzilla and 2019's Godzilla: King of the Monsters, right, have done a great job really fleshing those things out as well. But this movie here. <laughs> Is its own thing. It really is. For for many reasons. For better or for worse. Right. It's its own thing. The film is called Godzilla. Now, I remember I worked at Kmart <laughs> and right around this time. And I remember the toys were a huge thing. I remember yeah. always when I was a cashier bringing up the toys. And, you know, the toys, it, had a, it, was, it was a big toy line. Yeah, and the toys looked cool. Yeah, it was, you know. The little Godzilla lizards and stuff. It also spawned a animated series that ran for two seasons. Yes, which our son is actually really into. That featured actually not the Godzilla from this film because, spoiler alert, <laughs> it's killed at the end. Right. But we know that a single baby, yes. a, a hatchling, survives. Yes, uh, yeah. So the, the animated series is actually based on the hatchling. And it's actually a protagonist. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I don't want to... I don't want to say too much yet but yeah because right. it has the same you know it's the same look as the one from the movie it has the same characters 
you right. know. Um, but it's actually a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. The show, the TV show. Yeah, we have some of the episodes on DVD. Yeah. You know, and our, it's on YouTube if you want to. You yeah, know, our check son, it out. our son loves Godzilla, loves it, loves all incarnations. Yes. He, he's not so much of a Godzilla fan as much as he's a King Ghidorah and Mothra fan. Right. Godzilla. He is, likes the winged creatures. Yeah. Rodan too. <laughs> so he likes all the what what are called kaiju, yeah. which are these big, you know, powerful. You want to? I want to say monsters, but we're going to get into yeah. when we talk in a few minutes about why I think they're actually not monsters in the universe that we're talking about. Right. In in their reality, they're actually not. But at any rate, when you see some big thing that looks like a moth flying in the air, you're like, "Oh my god, it's a monster!" <laughs> <laughs> or some big dinosaur looking yes. creature, right? Let's talk about this film for a little bit, and okay. then I want to talk about because I want to spend some time. We're going to get into the film. Yeah, but, we're going to talk about the movie, then we're going to talk about the mythology. Right. Well, we're going to talk about the mythology than the movie. Ah, yes. Because we're going to talk about why this movie really just kind of had issues from the start, like before it even became a movie. Right. So this project actually changed hands a few times. Now, let's go back even further. Godzilla was birthed in 1954, Mm -hmm. the first movie, by Toho in Japan. It's called Godzilla. And obviously, again had become popular over the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and in the late 90s there was an, an idea for a film, you know, a Godzilla film, American Godzilla film. Yeah. The project changed hands a few times, even at one point was associated with Jan DeBont, if I'm saying his name correctly, who we know as the director of Twister. Yes. So at one point he was associated with the project <clears throat> to the point where there was even co- a conceptual conceptual art for the Godzilla that Jan DeBont was going to use in his film, which actually looks pretty good. Much better than I think I w- what we got in Emmerich's film, <laughs> in the 98 film. So, at any rate, Jan DeBont ends up walking away from it. It ends up before Roland Emmerich, who directed another iconic 90s movie, Independence Day. Yes, so good. Emmerich's a good director. Right. I mean, he is. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, He's done some good... Independence Day was good for what it was. And I'm sure we'll do a I show. I'm sure we'll do a show on that. Independence we Day. Will. Independence Day was good for what it was at the time, and it has its merits. Yes. Um, actually, one of his best films, in my opinion, is was in the year 2000. It was Patriot, or the, excuse me, The Patriot. That's a great movie. Mel Gibson, Heath Ledger. That's a good movie. So Emmerich's a good director. Nobody's questioning that. No. But he came at this particular project, in my opinion, all wrong. So this film had problems for it got off the ground, and this is because Emmerich created a Godzilla story without Godzilla. Pretty much. The Godzilla in this movie, and when I'm I'm, I'm referring to the monster, obviously, or, or the, the, the creature. Kaiju. The yeah. creature, the kaiju. It's not really even a kaiju. It's not. No, not this one. No. No, in the 1998 Godzilla film, you're not dealing with a kaiju. You're dealing with an iguana <laughs> that was... Mutated by radiation, right. became this giant iguana. Mm-hmm. This giant mutated iguana proceeds to surface yes. and wreak havoc from, you know, basically from, I think Panama to yeah. or from Tahiti to Panama to New York. Yeah, right. Of course, when we first ca- when we first meet it, we don't see it, but it's it, it is you know in the typical you know it's it's with Japanese people. Yes. And, so we so we oh, we nod. There's plenty of homage, even yes. though I think it's just, it just falls flat. Now, yeah. a lot of times we celebrate films in the 90s, and there's going to be plenty of celebration. Oh, I'll be celebrating this one. Don't worry. Toby has his problems, but I 
a hundred percent love this movie, so I'll get to that. So let's talk about first off what makes a Godzilla movie. What makes Godzilla Godzilla is the mythology associated with him. True. This being a a haphazard mutated iguana that happened due to French nuclear testing. Testing. Yep. Is essentially I guess you could say a freak of nature. Yeah. A, a cross between nature and and man's irresponsibility or, you know, right. the progression of technology versus nature. Yeah. You know, it's a very well-known theme in movies yes. and literature. Right. We talked about, you know, you mentioned we, we had some deep discussion last I night. I know. We, we unexpectedly got super into this discussion after yeah. we watched the movie. No, but I said it reminds me a little bit of it has a Frankenstein theme yeah. going on. Frankenstein, uh, you know, Victor Frankenstein creates the, the creature, as we know. And the whole idea is can man be creator? What problems does it right. does it surface? Is it is it better? Is it worse? You know, it's right. it's the you know it's the idea of is science should should science leave nature alone? Right, and in this case, obviously, the French government wasn't intending to create this massive iguana. No, they were just testing stuff. They were just testing stuff, and this happened. But it it's was a repercussion, a unintended unintended consequence, right? A repercussion. But this is still not Godzilla, and again, as we as we have known him before. So what is Godzilla? Well, the short definition is he is an ageless and by all rights nearly indestructible being mm-hmm. that lives on Earth. He has always been. Yeah, he's and, unmade in a way. Right. So we refer to the 1954 Godzilla film where yeah. he's an ancient monster that's been awakened by, awakened by hydrogen bomb testing. So there same is... Same themes. Same theme. There is this theme of man meddling in things they shouldn't right so what ends up happening is japan yes this is japan they're testing hydrogen bombs underwater and they awaken him right so he's always been there and he shows up and causes devastation and in fact the 1954 japanese film one of the themes is essentially a warning or a a message about nuclear technology nuclear weapons Godzilla's mythology has been developed over the years, and I think that the more recent films, and to step out of the 90s for a minute, forgive me, <laughs> the more recent films by Legendary Pictures, which is 2014's Godzilla and 2019's Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Which are great. Yeah. They've done a great job focusing on this greater narrative, yeah. which is what you have to have if you want this to be a Godzilla movie. Yeah, true if you, blue Godzilla movie. If you want to put Godzilla on the name... Uh, if, excuse me. If you want to put Godzilla as the name of your movie, there's things that have to come with it. Right. Because what makes a Godzilla movie a good Godzilla movie, again, is this mythology. So what is he? And and the questions that come often from a Godzilla movie. So let's talk about what Godzilla is before we get into what he's not. Because Which is this movie. Which is this movie. <laughs> So we already mentioned that he's this ageless being, and I say being because I don't like to say monster, because if you actually look at the mythology of Godzilla, he's very much a part of Earth. He's just a part of Earth that people never knew existed. Right. But the fact of the matter is, I don't like to use the term monster or creature, because that kind of explains something that is unnatural. Godzilla is actually very natural when it comes to Earth. In the Godzilla universe, you're looking at something that has always been a part of Earth, and it's not only a part of Earth, but really governs the balance of Earth's order. Right. Right? Getting pretty deep there. 
unexpectedly. If you if you look hard enough, that's that, that's really what these movies uh, are about. Yeah. And when you watch these films, especially all the ones you know from the fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, but really these more recent films, these yeah. last two, two thousand fourteen and two thousand nineteen, the Godzilla and Godzilla King of the Monsters, mm-hmm. you really get explanation that you know Godzilla is crucial to Earth's existence. Yeah. So he's not just this monster, right? That tears stuff up and that man has to destroy, right? It's something that man has to reckon with. And and the best person to I think explain that if you've seen the more recent Godzilla movies is the character played by Ken Watanabe, which is Doctor Ish- Ishiro Serizawa. Yeah, he does a great job. You know, th- one of the famous quotes from the first Godzilla uh, movie from Legendary, which is 2014. Yeah. he says, "Let them fight." Yeah, because basically what has happened is these creatures show up. They're called mutos. <laughs> yep, they're just these. There's two of them. There's a male and a female, and they're just wreaking havoc. Then Godzilla shows up. And fights them. And what does the military do? Well, they try to kill them all. Yeah. And it doesn't go well. And Ken Watanabe says, you can't do this. Yeah. They've always been here. This is about balance. Godzilla is the balance. Let them fight. Let it play out. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. And that's such a great understanding of, of, of the purpose of Godzilla. And, and he, it deepens in the next movie, which is King of the Monsters. Oh, yeah. Where, we realize there's other kaiju, yeah. that there's this other ecosystem that has been going on long before, and it's the idea that, you know, again, when we when we think about how people are in real life, yeah. we're like the pinnacle of society. We're the pinnacle of Earth's ecosystem. It's us that exacts change and progresses and makes the world a better place. Right. We're very, as you said, ecocentric. Yeah, we're very, you know, humans think that humans are the are running the gambit. And, um, and I, and I, when we were talking about it last night, I think what I said was, I feel like this, especially this 1998 Godzilla, right, which is a departure from literally all other Godzilla movies. And I'm including 2014, 2019 in that, um, it's an Eastern mindset versus a Western mindset. Right. This we, is a very Western. Yeah. This 1998's Godzilla is a very Western mindset. Like we, you know, you know, we're, we're in the city that never sleeps. We are running yeah. things. We're doing it. We, we can do it. You know, the American, we can. Yeah. New York, New York right. city. It's of course, the American, it's in New York. yeah. The yeah. American city. Right. And, um, but the other movies, literally every other movie is, has a very Eastern mindset, which is there are ancient things beyond us that, we don't necessarily have to understand. We just have to be in in harmony with it. Right. We have to be in balance with it. And sometimes with balance comes chaos because it's a necessary step. And I feel like an Eastern mindset has a much easier time living yes. with that. Western's like, no, we'll right. change it. We got this. Right. Man is Give living. Me the guns. Yeah. Man is doing their thing. Yeah. Human life is going on. And here comes this creature. Yeah. This is the 98 Godzilla. Right. This creature. Shows up, disrupts, Mm -hmm. and we kill it. And we put it down. Yeah. And we kill it, and we fall in love with each other. Whereas in Godzilla, the actual Godzilla... Universe, yeah. Universe, it's this idea of we can't destroy him. Yeah. We have to learn how to deal with him. Yeah. Because he's been here longer. Yeah. And again, we're all working up to what is Godzilla's purpose. Yes. This is all a necessary step. After, you know, again... And, and stepping back and looking at, I think, the decades-long history of Godzilla and then in the more recent films, mm-hmm. Godzilla is not a monster. He's actually, again, very much a part of the Earth. He's essentially an arbiter yeah. of balance and harmony 
for Earth's order. When things on Earth become problematic, whether that's due to people doing something they shouldn't do Mm -hmm. or another kaiju or some big monster wakes up and starts wreaking havoc, he shows up, does what needs to be done to achieve that balance again, and then he goes back. He always leaves. Right. And then we're left with the inevitable devastation, but the threat's gone. Right. You know, and I always would ask myself, does Godzilla, is he bad? Does he not like people? I don't think that's the issue. I look at it like this, Mm -hmm. and this is the the analogy that me and Brooke talked about. When I, I have a house, you know, me and Brooke have a home. Right. Me and Brooke are the arbiters of what goes on in our home. We pay the bills. We teach our kids. We raise our, we raise our kids. Right. We, We deal with the comings and goings. It's, it's our responsibility. We're the gatekeepers. Right. So when I'm leaving my house or, you know, let's just say I'm going to my car and I happen to look up and see on the roof of my house a big spider web with a big old spider in it. Yeah. I'm going to look at that and go, it's a, look, this is a part of earth. Yeah. This is a part of nature. It's out of, it's out of my way. It's not hindering anything. It's out of my way. It's not hindering anything. If anything, it's going to help. Yeah. You know, it's doing its job. It's killing insects. It's doing its thing. I'm going to leave it alone. Now, if that spider comes into my house freaks out my kids or gets on me or something, the, the balance has been disrupted. Right. And it's going to get stomped. <laughs> right. I got to deal with it. Sorry. Let's look at bees. Sorry, bug lovers. Right. Let's take a beautiful summer day. <laughs> on my front yard, the bees are flying around. They have their little flowers they look to have. And bees are doing an important thing. They're yes. pollinating. They're doing what they're doing. If one lands on my kid. And stings him. While he's in the kiddie pool. Mm-hmm. If one lands on my daughter, my son or my daughter, yeah. And tries, or it looks like it's about to sting him, then the balance has been upset and it's going to get swatted. It's going to get assaulted by me. Right. <laughs> and I think that that's how Godzilla looks at people. Yeah. Like, we're part of the ecosystem. We're of part of, e- of his ecosystem. Yeah. And, and he is the gatekeeper. Like, that's really kind of how he's acknowledged in, in, the, in the more recent film. Yes. It's like, this is his realm. Yeah. It's not, it's not anything different from the older movies. I just think it's a deepening of the understanding of, of his role. Right. And even the kaiju, the other monsters have an order. There are relationships. Godzilla and Mothra, for instance, have a partnership. They have a connection. But make no mistake, Godzilla is obviously heralded yeah. as at the top of this system on Earth. Right. Earth's essentially his realm to maintain. It's super interesting. I know. It's, it really it is. It is actually very cool. I was shocked by how into the conversation I so was. So that's how I think Godzilla views people. It's like, look, I understand that you're a part of this thing. It, it, we know this because Godzilla does not seek, in general, in the films. Right. He's not seeking man's total destruction. He's coming to correct something. Right. And there's that, a reason he's been woken up. And that's right. There's a reason why he's showing up. And there's always a reason why he leaves. And honestly, I relate to him because the only reason why he wakes up is so he can go back to sleep. Right. And I 100% relate right. to disgruntled Godzilla. I will make some chaos if I can just go back to sleep. Right. So I get it. So when we look at this rich, rich mythology that I that I could honestly talk about for the rest of, you know, <laughs> it's true. this show. the movie. We're just going to talk about this. <laughs> but now when we compare this to Emmerich's film, which is essentially a disaster flick with the Godzilla name on it. Right. It's which I think is why, because I saw it when I was a kid. It's why I liked it because it it felt like Twister. It right. felt like Independence Day. You know what I mean? It was it's that kind of movie. And I think You're that, right. I don't think it's wrong to enjoy this film. No, 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 no. I know. It's just again, I think it goes back to just before we go into the film, the final analysis. In mm-hmm. Emmerich's film, everything's fine. Monster shows up. People find a way to kill the monster. <laughs> In a good Godzilla film, though. Yep. 
of course it's about the people, but it's also about how people are relating to being a part of a larger overarching narrative with the kaiju. Yes. And by the way, he's referred to as Gojira. Right. Which we we coined the term Godzilla, but Gojira is actually a, a joining of two words, which is uh, gorilla and whale, which is the Japanese. It comes from like a imagining because ter- he's strong and he's big. You know, yeah. so it's like they've they've put these two terms together, and he's referred to as Gojira. What his actual name is, or even if he has one, that's just what he's referred to as. But it's understanding, and I think what really was was poignant about our conversation last night, me and Brooks, was that it's the understanding that people are not at the top of this thing. Right, we're a part of something much larger and much older, mm-hmm. and we have to learn how to harmoniously participate in it. Yep, and sometimes that does mean destruction. Sometimes that does mean devastation. I think that's, and that's just part I think, of it. I think that's a, a message in Godzilla. Yes. And I think that when that balance comes out of whack, when the scales get tipped in the wrong way mm-hmm. or in any way that's too much, Godzilla comes to write that. Yeah. And he comes to bring that balance. And then he's like, all right, now I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm going to go back to bed. Yeah. So let's talk about this film, though. So, so this, now we know so, what this has departed from. Yeah. Well, this is, this is what this film exactly and this is this was my issue with it. <laughs> Lord. So we see in the credits, this opening credits, ultimately the origin of this film's Godzilla. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It kind of throws out all the richness and the depth, the question and the discussion that comes from really talking about a Godzilla movie. Right. You know? So in these opening credits, though, for the Roland Emmerich film, we see maps, pictures of islands, the iguanas, the nuclear blasts. It's yeah. all, you know. And we bro- hear the counting in French. So it gives you absolutely everything you need to know if you're watching, if you're yeah. looking. And it's done really well as yeah. far as explaining. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, whether or not you like the explanation, but it does well in conveying what's happened. Yeah. All this is foreshadowing, giving us some context. I know. And it's really dramatic with like. The iguanas watching the yeah we the always... nuclear devastation. I was like, well, right. okay, all right. Whereas in the Godzilla mythology, nuclear testing awoke him. In this film, it creates him. Mm-hmm. It's a stormy night. We're getting into the actual film yes, now. Stormy right. night somewhere in the South Pacific Ocean. A man in a ship is eating. He's Japanese. He's watching Japanese TV. Other men on the ship are packing fish and ice, so it's a fishing ship. Suddenly, the man notices a large unknown mass approaching the ship. The alarm sounded. Whatever it is hits the ship, causing chaos. There's a brief moment of silence, and then these massive claws rip into the ship. A tail swings and crashes into the bridge of the ship, causing more destruction. It's not good. No. Bad news bears. And then we get our protagonist introduction. This is Dr. Nico Totopoulos. Nobody can say his name right. Hey, Greek. Yeah, Totopoulos is a Greek name. (laughs) As my Toby. As, yeah, Manolis, <laughs> as our last name is. And I go through the same thing. Yep. This Manolis, Manolis, all these things. Mm-hmm. Manola. Yeah. Manola. Yeah. I, I understand it. So he's referred to as Nick. Nick Totopoulos. He's in Chernobyl, which obviously there was a nuclear accident there, very devastating. And he's there studying the effects of radiation on animals. We know. We know what this is all adding yes. up to. Yes. He's st- studying specifically earthworms. And, you know, their reaction to right. the nuclear devastation. He's interrupted by the U.S. State Department. They are stopping his work there, and they are reassigning him. He has no idea what what he's doing or where he's going to. They're yeah. just like, you're coming with us. We go to Tahiti, where we meet a mysterious French man by the name of Philippe Roche. 
played by Jean Reno, who I love. Love him. Jean Reno is a great and actor. And I love him in this. So he's the best part of the movie, in my opinion. He is the best <laughs> part of this movie. He's one of the best parts. So that's what I'm saying. Which is in my opinion. Yes. <laughs> he's, I had the most fun and enjoyment watching John Reno. Because, and I love him because he really is kind of 10 steps ahead of everybody all the time. Yeah, he's great. He's just a great actor. He's cool. Yeah. He's collected. <laughs> and he's just, he's very convincing. And yeah. he's funny. And he's serious. Yeah. He can He can jump back and forth with those. Because he's John Reno. Right. So he's interviewing the, the lone survivor. We find that only one person survived this Japanese fishing ship disaster. He asks him what he saw. And he repeats over and over what? Gojira. Gojira. <laughs> and we're like, oh, okay. Okay. Here we go. Right. We then go to Panama, where Dr. Tatopoulos, Nick, still doesn't know what's happening. He's met by a man named Colonel Anthony Hicks, military, played by actor Kevin Dunn. Uh, he plays the dad in the Transformers movies. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> yeah, he's really good too. He's he's a good actor. Yeah. Yeah. They have an exchange where we get great exposition about what Nick does, how radiation makes animals larger. Yeah, he's like, oh, earthworms are 17% larger than they were right. because of Chernobyl, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and gonna... they call him the worm guy for that sure. reason. Colonel Hicks leads Nick to a massive footprint. Obviously, Godzilla He's not is. aware that it's a footprint at first. But... No, no, he looks around and then it zooms out, right? We also meet... Another protagonist uh, plays a minor role. Would have loved to have seen more of Dr. Elsie Chapman. Yes, played, I loved her. Yeah, played by Vicki Lewis. She's a paleontologist, and she's there because, well, this looks like dinosaur footprints. Yes. So she's there to kind of be like, okay. Yeah, she. I mean, obviously, she definitely would have something to offer. Yeah, they're bringing in the experts. We also see that there's other footprints, so whatever this thing is, it's clearly walking around. Right, it's massive. Then we go to New York. That's not how they introduce it. Well, not yet. We go to New York first, <laughs> yeah. though. Uh, another character introduction. We meet Audrey Timmons, played by actress Maria Patillo. And and it's a struggle to like her in this movie. I just can't. It's a struggle to like her in this movie. And this is, again, we'll get into if it. If you but, like her, that's wonderful. No, but she pushed all my buttons, she, man. She's a problem. <laughs> Yes, he's no, problematic. Listen, if you want to make a good story, your characters have to be likable. They have to be, and if they're not likable, right. they have to be redeemable. Right, well, give them flaws, sure. Like, definitely give them flaws, but like, don't make it to where you're like, okay, you forced me to like them Right, at so this she, point. she's unlikable, really, I'd say 80% of the movie, yeah. and then the final few minutes, it's just not enough. Mm-mm. Not for me. Yeah, so she's an aspiring journalist who is the assistant to a real sleaze of a news anchor, <laughs> news anchor, excuse me, news anchor by the name of Charles Kamen, and he's played by Henry Shearer. He's great. Who's yeah? Who who is also really good because he can be funny and he can be. He's serious. in all the like uh, Christopher Guest movies. If you if you like yeah. those mockumentaries, he's a staple in those movies, which are phenomenal. Yeah, Spinal Tap and all that. Uh, Waiting for Guffman and all that. Yeah. Oh, so good. Well, then we go back to Panama. So we're doing all this jumping around. <laughs> so after being hit on by Elsie, who honestly is a much better match for him, Nick, I know Nick is taken to the wreckage of the fishing boat. That sh- that has clearly been attacked by some massive clawed monster. Mister Roche arrives. This is Jean Reno, and says he's an insurance guy. And we immediately get the feel that he is much more than that. Yes. Nick takes samples uh, from the claw marks on the boat, and he studies them. But then soon after, of course, three more fishing boats, American ones though, mm-hmm. are attacked. None of the men die, but the boats are capsized, pulled underwater, and then capsized. The fact that they're American says that the creature is off the American seaboard. Right, he is advancing toward yeah. us. He or it, you know. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Elsie believes that it's a lost dinosaur, something that, that 
didn't quite go extinct. Like woke up or something. When everything yeah. did. Something that's managed to survive over the ages. But Nick... Which bl- that would have been closer to the real Godzilla, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Because Godzilla's not a dinosaur, actually. Right. No, it, but I mean, like, no, no. it would have been closer. No, I know what you're saying. Godzilla is mm-hmm. not a dinosaur, but he is something that has survived. Right. The ages. Through the ages. Yeah. Th- these kaiju don't have an issue surviving. They're, they're supposed to be... That's, again, the beauty of the Godzilla mythology is like, oh, wait, no. Guys, we've always been here, right? And I like what you said last night. Another thing that we talk that we talked about just came to mind. Brooke said the, the whole idea is, you know, in this movie, the monster is the new kid on the block. Where in the Godzilla movies, yeah. the people, the human race, are the new kids on the block. Yes. The kaiju's like, hey, we've been here, right? They've probably dealt with dinosaurs. They probably dealt with right. whatever was before dinosaurs. And Go- yeah, you and know? Godzilla's I mean... like, and Godzilla's like, and I've been the one keeping this thing all, <laughs> all right. calm and collected. You know, I've right. been I've been keeping everybody like you think it's bad when I show up. If I didn't, it'd be chaos. Right. Right. He's like, the again, he's the cop that shows up to the party that gets out. of hand. He's like, all right, everybody. That's everybody. It. Out. Yeah, everybody <laughs> out of here. That's it. OK, the city that never sleeps. What is up with the introduction no. to New York? The city that never sleeps in like the, the computer yeah. type font. Because was, we both went, oh, come on. Yeah, like, be- well, well, because it had been it. doing like. Tahiti, Panama, yeah, South Pacific Ocean, like actual the city that never sleeps. I'm like, okay. And once again, very westernized, very yes, Western-centered. Yes. If it could be a Western, it would. Like, it's that so, American. And I even wrote in my notes, I wrote, okay, we're in New York. Like, thank you. <laughs> Where Audrey sits in a diner Ugh. with married friends, Victor, also known as Animal. Look, my favorite. And Lucy. He's my favorite. Victor and Lucy, I just love them. Yeah. Victor's also, we also may refer to him as Animal. Yes. This is Hank Azaria and Arabella Field. Hank Azaria. Forget it. No, no, no introduction. We know who he is. Uh, she's lamenting her treatment from Cayman. He hits on her. He he tries to. He says, basically, if you want to advance, then you're going to have to kind of, you know. You know, like have dinner with me and stuff. Yes. We, we know where it's getting. Yeah. So she's lamenting her treatment from her boss who is constantly keeping her in a assistant position. Right. At the diner, she sees Nick on TV. Mm-hmm. And she asks for the TV to be turned up, and it turns out that she dated Nick in college eight years before. And it seems that seeing him on TV has suddenly reawakened her feelings. Again, but it's she just... she did not have one thought about this Right. Man. And then she sees him on TV, and she's like, oh, wait. He looks kind of cute on TV. Right. And she has this, oh, man. Very... She has this, like, little, just dumb face. Yeah. Not, her, it... not that her face is dumb. Her face is fine. She's beautiful. But... It's the expression when she's watching it. I'm just like, listen, the, I need you to activate more of your brain. The problem is it's not convincing. No. It's not convincing. And if anything, it's very shallow. Yeah. To, to not have a thought about this guy who, by the way, Nick is a great guy. He's so lovely. He sings Singing in the Rain on his own time. Yeah, he's like, a, he's he, great. Yeah, he's a great protagonist. Again, yeah. I love Matthew Broderick in this movie. Even yeah. though I have issues with there not being the Godzilla mythology that I love. Yeah. Yes. It's in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I love Matthew Broderick in this movie. I love Matthew Broderick as an actor, but but this idea of Audrey suddenly seeing him on TV, seeing Nick on TV, and just oh, suddenly there's just this oh, it's it's just not convincing. And if yeah. anything, it's kind of shallow. And we she she makes that more clear actually the more she interacts with him later. Yeah. The things she says about him. Meanwhile, epic scene coming up at a random dock in New York. A man is fishing. Oh, this is a great scene. And gets a bite that begins pulling his line at a rapid rate and eventually pulls the pole out of his hand. And these two little guys behind him are like, yeah, be careful out there. Like, yeah, they're yeah. just kind of heckling him. What follows is the epic scene we see. Yes. Uh, I think it was in the movie trailer. 
Yes. The, 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 the mass the mass rising out of the water. Yeah, several of you commented on our, our uh, picture on Instagram, like, oh, the scene with the fishermen. Like, it, it really okay. is the best. It is effective. Roland Emmerich knows how to do this. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. This is really, this is really good. Again, I'm looking at it at, at, by itself. Yeah. Visually, it's in- incredible. Yeah. This is visually, it's a great reveal. What follows is the destruction, the initial destruction yes. of New York as this creature is now, you know, just kind of right. walking around, picking yeah. stuff up, stomping on stuff. It's chaos, Yeah, obviously. and that it's, intro it's, is a very, it's a very Jaws-like yeah. intro. Um, you're like, oh, can't, I can't see it, but I know it's coming. And by yeah. the way, that old man made me cry when I was little, when I saw it, because I was really afraid that he was going to get hurt, and he, I look, think, and he yeah. looked like my grandpa. I think he made it. <laughs> he did make it. I think it. he made it, though. I told myself he made it, so. Yeah. <laughs> As this is all happening, the mayor, Mayor Ebert, played by Michael Lerner, is giving a speech. He's interrupted by Godzilla, <laughs> which I'm calling Godzilla for the sake of just, I don't, it's yes. too much work to sit there. and he's, inter- he's interrupted by Godzilla as he crashes through the city. When Godzilla walks by the diner that... Animal and Yeah, that Animal and Lucy are, are hanging out at. And Audrey, it walks by the diner. Victor grabs his camera, Animal, mm-hmm. grabs his camera, and is nearly stepped on. Another epic scene oh, with the, so the foot going down. And I remember thinking he was dead in the movie. Yeah. Or, or when I saw the trailer, I think that was also in the trailer. So we have the first initial attack. And then he's gone. Godzilla quickly disappears after his first attack. The city... Being a place where he can easily hide, which Nick gives us some exposition on that. It's like, oh, this is perfect for him, you know? Yeah. So Nick is, of course, concerned, but also really amazed yeah. at this creature, which is, quote, the first of its kind, right? Yeah. Yeah, the, I think one of the cool things that I did like about this movie, I mean, like I said, I like the movie, but, I mean, you do too, in your own way. But um, I love that a nerd, or, I mean, really, I mean, he studies worms yeah. for a living, He's like the hero of the movie. One sure. of them. One, I mean, he is, he's leading the charge, so to speak. He, and yes. I love he's that. He's the main protagonist. Because definitely. he's just super nerdy and, and like quirky and he just has all this knowledge and he is, you know, yeah, and he's, he's running the show. Yeah. I love that. He's the tip of the spear. Yes. And he, of course, he does have some, have some help. We're oh, going to talk sure. about that. Audrey finds that Nick is in the city and offers assistance to Cayman. So she sees that Nick is now in New York. And she offers assistance to her boss, the jerk. Yeah, the and she and she's but but it's not she's not excited to see Nick. It's an angle because this is another thing about Audrey. Thank yes. you for bringing that up. So Audrey has not only reawakened has has had these shallow feelings for Nick reawakened. She is ambitious. Yeah, she wants to. We, yeah, we know that about her before anything. She wants to advance in her career as a journalist. That was again, you know, what she was lamenting about in the diner was. That she's being stopped by again. Yeah, her and they s- said, well, you're not tough enough. You don't have what it takes because right. you're too nice. So this is where that comes in. Yeah. So she offers assistance to Cayman who turns her down. He says, look, this is where the big boys are going to come in and do this. You know, just whatever. But she steals his press pass. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Cayman's a jerk. I can see you stealing <laughs> his press pass. That, 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 that right. I'd, I'd say is, is some, some literary or some, some justice in the narrative. Yeah, yeah. Like... That's fine. Yeah. I'm fine with that. But we're not done talking about Audrey, her her character, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't mean like her character is in her character. I mean her character is in the type of person yes. she is, her moral compass. Anyway, so we'll get to that in a little bit. Cayman takes Victor, animal, and gets in a helicopter and continues covering the story. The mayor is stuffing his face with Hershey's Kisses. It, it, <laughs> I, I I don't know if Roland Emmerich or the screenwriter just, just doesn't like politicians, but God, they don't. The mayor don't. the mayor does not do a good job being the mayor. 
Now Michael he doesn't do anything. Michael Lerner does a great job portraying a mayor that doesn't know what he's doing yeah, in, he's in the a face of a actor. disaster. Uh, and as he's ushered through a crowd of supporters, the mayor, because he's the chief executive of the city, so he's obviously going to have some information, the mysterious Mr. Roche, mm-hmm. Jean Reno, mm-hmm. plants a bug on him, on his collar. So well, why oh. is the, yeah? So mm-hmm. what is this insurance guy doing, right? <laughs> and meanwhile, Cayman gets his because he can't get in without a press pass. He can't get into the situation yeah. without a press pass. We find out more about Mr. Roche, actually, a little more, at least. He is camped out in a UPS truck, secretly. Yes. And is listening in on the conversation between Mayor Ebert and the military about finding this monster and dealing with this situation. Right. Nick and Elsie, along with Colonel Hicks, discover that the creature has used the subway system and could leave the area if he's not stopped. So, as we know, subways connect New York. So, we have a problem. And, of course, the military has... It's plan. It's only plan. We're gonna blow it up. Shoot it. It's the it's the yep. same plan it has in, two, in 2014 and 2019. Right. You know, Godzilla. The military moves. does or really the just same thing every any time. Godzilla, like we're just gonna try and blow them up. Which you know, again, without the Godzilla mythology, yeah. It's it, of course it's well, we're just gonna blow it up. Yeah. Which again, that that's you know, again, my qualm because in, in 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 Godzilla films, the whole idea is wait a minute, we can't fight Godzilla. We have to let this play out. Yep. He's doing what he's always done. We're doing it the Western way. Right. We're just going to blow up this monster. Yep. The military plans to bait Godzilla into the central area of New York with piles of fish. It works. Yeah. And we see him in full shot for the first time. <laughs> I mean, it's a giant iguana, right? Yes, but with some details that yeah. an iguana would it's not got have. Like, it's got it like, has pecs. Like pectoral muscles. It is and, yeah. a man lizard, and it is disconcerting. Yeah. So Nick, <laughs> Nick comes face to face with it, and it doesn't harm him, which again is an homage yes. to. There are times in the Godzilla films where there's like a connection with people. We definitely see that in the recent ones with Doctor Sarazawa oh, yeah. and Godzilla. There is a regard when you're dealing with the actual Godzilla, right? There is a regard for people. Is he good? Is he bad? That's not necessarily entirely fleshed out. It all depends on why Godzilla is showing up, right? In the Godzilla universe, mm-hmm. in the real Godzilla universe. It, if if man is doing something wrong to to disrupt the balance, then he's going he's going to target man. Yes, he's oftentimes targeting other monsters that are targeting man. Actually, he's protecting in some yeah. cases because he's like, I'm not saying I like or don't like them. I'm saying they're here and you can't mess with them. Yeah, you know that's why he fights other creatures. But right. the fact of the matter is, in this case, the connection between Nick and and this giant iguana, it's this kind Godzilla, of random. It's just it doesn't work. When this creature is just a creature that that is, is not, literally just killing for funsies. Yeah, is it, is it, like doesn't have he suddenly is like mm, I think you know about lizards. Godzilla and, again has a deep, very natural connection to Earth. Right, but without that mythology, it's just a yeah. big animal. Yeah, some of the stuff doesn't work. But I mean, like we still, you know, we're along for the ride. We're we're still here. And and again, it seems like they can't make their minds up in this scene to, to have this grand amazement, or is this a horrible thing? Yeah. So they try to do both. Mm-hmm. They have this 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 kind of serene moment with Nick, and then suddenly, and the music. Yeah, was, the music was I tender. Remember I, I was yeah. I well because the scene lasts like longer than I thought it did. So we're sitting there watching. And I was like, "I'm sorry, what's happening with the music? I feel like it's a love story that's yeah, it's swelling. Tender, right? Like you I said, don't. Yes, yeah, so you said this is too tender. It was. T- <laughs> it yeah. is because it is. He's just eating fish. It's this wonder, right? It should be like, oh, God, monster music, right. but the plan, it's yeah, tender. The plan backfires. The military open fire and actually do more damage 
to the city in the end. They destroy the Flatiron building. Um, the Chrysler building. Yeah, they also destroy the Chrysler building. Yep. The the Flatiron buildings that Oh yeah, the triangular that, one. That, that that real flat, thin yes. triangular. Yeah, they destroy that one too. They also destroy the Chrysler building. And like a lot of their men. Yeah, Godzilla It's awful. Yeah, Godzilla incinerates two Jeeps but he has this atomic breath. It's it looks more like fire. It's not yeah. like this it's usually this like ray. Yeah, no, it was like it was just like kind of like a dragon sort yeah. of. A squad of military helicopters engage. They fail, of course. Godzilla destroys them as well. <laughs> but by the time it's over, the mayor says, you did more damage to the city than that thing did, which yeah, is the truth. Which is accurate. Yeah. Uh, so for the first chance that the military get at trying to uh, kill the monster it is a massive failure. It's no good. So in the aftermath of this first failure, this first confrontation between man and monster, Nick and Audrey reunite. He takes her back to his study, like his tent. You know, mm-hmm. he's got like a tent set up because it's like a whole military operation. Yeah. We find out a little bit of their history. Yeah. That eight years ago, Audrey left Nick. Without a word. She left him. Right. So it makes sense, though. Like, it makes sense. No, it makes sense. When, when we, when we with, with what we've seen from Audrey mm-hmm. so far, it totally makes sense. And he's still mad. And then she asks Nick a stupid question. Are you still mad? Which you just said, yeah. Yeah, she literally, says, yeah. like, right out of the gate, are you still mad at me? I'm right. like, first of all, be a grown-up. Second of all, say you're sorry immediately. Yeah, say you're This should like have been the first thing you said. She seems put off by that, and I even put... She's put off by the fact that Nick's still mad that she left him years ago without a word. How about just an I'm sorry? And he still has the, you know, bigger person-ness to be like, you know what? It was eight years no, ago. Said, Let me make you a cup of tea. He is a decent, Get nice, good guy. Get Audrey is not a likable character. Give Nick someone nice. She's not a likable character. In fact, and, and again, we, we don't bash these movies too much, but I am being honest... She is a detriment to the story. Yeah, um, we could have been okay without her. We should have. We should have let him have that with Elsie. I, I think or so. nothing. Which which or nothing. which is interesting because Audrey is not a character in. She is, but like not at first though. She is the not, first season. Right, no Audrey. She is not a main character, Mm-mm. but Elsie is. Yes, it's Elsie and Nick. Elsie and Nick, in fact, have much more of a pairing in the animated series, which is a continuation of this. Yeah, I feel like they looked at the movie and and only used what worked. It seems so, and they redeemed. They actually redeemed because in the in in the cartoon, we got other kaiju coming. Yeah, Godzilla's fighting them. There's a there's a camaraderie between Nick and Godzilla and the people. Like they know that he's not bad. It's more of it's more in line. It, definitely check it out. It's, it's good. yeah. It's more in line with the idea. Right. You know, again, Godzilla is, I, I wouldn't say that he's buddies with, with humans, but he's certainly, he's certainly a benefactor yeah. more often than not, especially when there's other outside threats. He's, he, it's like you want him to deal with these issues yeah. unless man is the problem, right? Yeah. At any rate, so Nick has discovered that the creature is pregnant. and Right, because he bought a crap ton of pregnancy tests. Right. And being the only one of its kind, he surmises that it produces asexually. And then he runs out to kind of. He's like Audrey, I, I, I gotta go. Yeah, because uh, you know he he is putting placing strangely his trust. I guess you know but I'm sure they they were together a long time, three years I think they said. Yeah, uh, there was a history there. I'm assu- he's assuming he's assuming she has a good nature, mm-hmm. and would be like you are working on top clearance crap. Yeah, she'll probably not just go say anything. So he leaves all his stuff with Audrey. with her with Audrey instead of saying hey. Because if it were me, I'd be like, hey, you got to go. I got to do a thing, so you got to yeah. go. He just, le- he just leaves Audrey there. Right. And 
she stays Mm -hmm. and first notices, and this is what gets me. She first notices, she seems happy about it, when she notices all kinds of pictures of her and of her and Nick. Yeah, he still has them. Seeing that Nick has never gotten over her. No. And then she discovers the top secret tapes in Nick's study. These are the the tapes, the first evidence and the first sightings of the creature. And of course she watches them immediately. And she watches them, steals the tape, and leaves. To me, that's a very poignant moment. Because she looked at t- she she had she made the decision right there what was more important right she looked at I could potentially reconcile and have this sweet thing that I had or I can advance and she chose right then right and this is a problem for our story in order for a love story to be effective or really any story but we're talking about a love story yeah loosely termed a, a, a love story within the, the the larger story here you have to have likable. And redeemable yes. characters. If they're not likable, then they need to be redeemable. Right. Like, look at Mr. Darcy in Pride and Prejudice. You know, like, we all hate him at first, but he redeems himself. Right. And now look we at, love yeah, him. Yeah. Look at Johnny in Karate Kid. Oh, so I mean, you watch the first movie, he's not likable. He, but in, he wasn't actually, but he's he was redeemable. Now yes. we love him. Yes. Now we love Johnny. We like, I love Johnny him. as much as I love Daniel. Right. You know, because that's a story told well. But that's what happens <laughs> when you difference. have a story told well, and also to Billy Zabka's praise. Oh yeah, he was able to portray Johnny in a very layered way. Yeah, so we Excellent. can so that we can even look back and say, oh, I see the issues. That yeah. he's not just this evil kid. You no, know, he's got baggage. He's troubled. Right. Right. Audrey is self-centered, capricious, an opportunist, and really two-dimensional. And is simply not good enough for Nick. No. And Boo. she is this way for far too long in the story. Yeah. For, for for By the time she starts to turn. Yeah, you're over her. Oh, you're over it. She doesn't take an interest in Nick until she sees him on TV. She refuses to apologize for her past treatment of him and takes advantage of him moments after being reunited with right. him. Seconds after seeing that he still cares for her after all these years. I know. He made her tent tea. Right. I mean, come on. There you go. I can't deal with this. At any rate, because of what Audrey does... The secret gets out. Audrey has someone make a tape, like her new, her her friends on the news crew. Yeah, like a producer, like to to. Copy she wants the, to run her own segment she, without yeah, anyone's. She's consent. going to run it. The problem is the conversation's overheard by Cayman. Yeah, who intercepts it and runs the story as his own. Yeah, as we, we would expect him to. Right, and all this is happening as Nick is about to present a very crucial part of his his plan, which is we have to find a nest now. Not only right. the monster, but we have a secondary threat. There's a nest. With babies. Right. And this is this is panic info. Like you don't want the general public to know all of this because again, chaos. Right. So this is bad news. And by the way, when Audrey watches it, the only thing she's upset about is that Cayman stole Cayman her story. stole it. The problem is is that this destroys Nick's credibility. Yes. And while Audrey is pissed, Nick bears the brunt as he's completely taken off the project for the leak. And Elsie's very sad. Elsie is truly upset, and honestly, is she a, like is crying. Again, a much better match for Nick. Oh yeah, she's really upset because I think she believes. I think she knows. Yeah. That that, that she knows that, he's right because Nick said he goes, "I didn't leak it." She believes and he goes, him, and then he said, "Oh my God, she took it." So, but even so, because of a lapse in responsibility yeah. by bringing Audrey in, Nick is removed from the project. As Nick is leaving, Audrey catches up with him. Ugh. Nick is still the nice guy. He kindly, very generously rebukes her. Yeah, he's for her nice dis- about it. For her dishonesty. Audrey tries defending her decision. She tries defending it. Nope. She tries defending what she did. 
because out of here, girl. because she didn't want Nick to think she was a failure. And she, was, Nick, she was like, "Well, I just I really want to be good at my job, and so and, like and I, I did, lied to you and, and I did, stole and from goes, you, and I didn't want you to think I was a failure." And Nick says. That doesn't justify you taking my tape. I'm so, and I'm personally so glad that he didn't cave. Yeah, there. no, he didn't. He gets in the car. She needed to hear all of that because a, a cab is taking him to the airport. He gets in the car, and then when the car gets about maybe twenty or thirty yards away, Audrey mumbles what she should have said to Nick eight years ago. Sorry, but she's not sorry about eight years ago. She's sorry that she got busted I, for this. What I'm saying is, she said something that she should have said. To, to his Nick face a long time yes. ago, and actually to him. So again, this is just heaping, yeah, more issues on on it, her it, as a character. She's distancing. Uh, she she's she's just leagues away from us at this yeah, point. Yeah, and she's and out of our reach. One thing that Nick says to her before he gets in the cab because oh, you know, uh, you know what? Good luck with your new life of being a porter. You really have what it takes, which is what fueled her to do right. this in the first place. She's like, well, you're too nice, right? And so she tried not being nice and. She still didn't get what she wanted. Right. She screwed over a potential love interest, and then her story was stolen anyway. So that's and, a lesson for kids. Don't 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 steal stuff. And an important uh, detail is that Animal sees this. Yes, Victor, he sees this. He's kind of like her protective older brother, and, and he thing. feels bad. Yeah, he he he. Look, he and his wife kind of yeah love on her. He loves Audrey. Yeah, a platonic relationship there. He's good friends with her. He cares about Audrey, so he wants to try to talk some sense to Nick. Like, listen, she, she she's not trying to screw you over. Yeah, she's just you know he, he was tr- going to try to talk some sense to Nick, so he follows the cab that's taking Nick to the airport. The problem is the cab is not taking Nick to the airport because the driver <laughs> of the cab is not a taxi driver. It's Mister Roche. It's Philippe. At long last, it's Jean Reno, and we <laughs> finally get to see him in he, action. He now becomes a more active part of the story from this. Yeah, point Yeah, he, he's like, I'll take it from here, literally. Like after the rest of the story, he's got it. Well, the fact is, is that Philippe is not bad at all. In fact, he believes in Nick. That's why he intercepts him. Yeah, he's like, we need you here because you're right. Yeah, and he reveals who he is. He's not an insurance guy. He's an agent with the French Secret Service. Now, remember, we said that Godzilla was created from French nuclear right. testing. Right, so we're, we're putting the picture together. He's just saying, basically, listen, I'm here to make sure that I clean up what my government started. Right. Yep, that's it. Nick agrees to help Philippe and get his team back into the city to find the nest because Nick lost his credibility, so the military's like, they're not looking for the nest anymore. That was another big bombshell. Is the the right. military's like, there's not a nest. No, we're just going to shoot it again. We're going to shoot the monster again. <laughs> we're just going to do... We're going to repeat the exact same thing and hope for different results now remember victor followed them yeah so he 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 overhears the whole thing and he goes back to audrey and says hey look okay so first off audrey is distraught and guilt-ridden she's crying in a room he tells her about philippe and nick and says that he and audrey should go so they can cover the story vindicate Nick, and show that he was right all along. Yes, I think you should be the one to tell the world that he's right. While also giving Audrey the big break. Right, so, so two birds with yeah, one stone. Right. But first it's and foremost... It's still a little cheap, but I mean, we do need him redeemed. Yeah, but he does say, you know, we want to show the world that he was right. Right. The best part of this film is Philippe and his guys <laughs> with their and their use of gum Yeah. to look more American. <laughs> Remember this part? It was yeah, so we unexpected. Were, like, cracking up. So they, they show up, uh, Philippe's got these uh, four guys that he, that's part of his strike team, and they're all wearing uh, American military uniforms, and they're all chewing gum. And I think he says, what's with the gum? <laughs> it like, makes us look more American. Yeah, he's just chewing. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> it's just, they're chewing. And it. all of them, there's like half, these half-cocked smiles, like, we have gum. 
Yeah. We are Americans. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> but you know what? Where's the lie? Like, it wasn't even wrong. I was like, you know what? It works. <laughs> it's <laughs> so funny. Well, because the whole film, something we haven't talked about, but the, the whenever we see the French guys, they are lamenting about our food. They're our, lamenting our, about our coffee. Our coffee, man. They're like, yeah. this is crap. What are they What are they doing here? But here, in this moment, there it, is a redeeming thing that they're we have. Enjoying it's looking, gum. Yeah, they're enjoying looking American <laughs> here. Exaggerated gum chewing. Oh, it's great. And Philippe uses an Elvis accent. Because they, they, they got to get back in the city, so they get right. to a checkpoint, and they're all just chewing the gum. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's the funniest scene in the movie. It's so cute. And Jean Reno talks like Elvis. He's like, thank you very much. And then he goes, Elvis movies. And I'm like, he, he was the king. <laughs> right for music though i mean he did a lot of movies but I like how he calls them elvis movies i'm like his music is the, the greatest thing elvis did was his his music oh my god but it's it's just funny it just i like how they approached that it just it was a really funny part of it the was movie. a much needed light-hearted part because so. after all this junk with audrey and oh, Nick, I know. we're all I know. you know distraught it was awful or i was distraught well, also Animal and Lucy, because one thing that ha- is happening with Animal and Lucy is Lucy has now adopted the city of New York right. in her home. Yes. And and that's where Audrey is. And she's like, go talk to Audrey. You messed her up, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah. uh. So we need Animal and Lucy, and we need Jean. Wait, what's his name? We need Philippe. Philippe. Why do I want to call him? Oh, his, his other Jean friend Reno's, is Jean. Yeah, yeah. Jean Reno is his actual name. And there's another guy, Jean Luc, in there. Jean Luc is one of his task yep, force guys. That's who I'm know. thinking of. <laughs> At any rate, so Nick and Philippe and the French ta- uh, strike team, yeah. they're able to get into the city, and they begin searching for the nest. Nick and Philippe find Godzilla and follow him. Yeah. Yes. Victor, Victor and Audrey kind of trail from a distance. They're following. Right. And In they, her beret. That, I, don't know that, I don't know why, but the beret bothers me. Right. I think she, she bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's doing Godzilla then approaches another military detachment led by Sergeant O'Neill. Now we have seen Sergeant O'Neill throughout the entire movie. He's played by we actor, love him. Yeah, we love Sergeant O'Neill. He's played by actor Doug Savant. He's the guy on the ground because he's not really making the calls. He no. is carrying out the instructions, and he's. We see him trying to. He's like, this isn't. He's the working. Every, no, he's the everyman. He is. He is. He is the everyman. He's clearly afraid. Oh yeah. He's clearly overwhelmed, but he does his job anyway. He he should not be overlooked as a great part no, of this he's, film. He's really like he he's a sweet character. I we, like him. We, we we all feel for him being caught up in this, and he becomes crucial yep. in saving the day here in a little while. Mm-hmm. At any rate, so again, we have the military versus Godzilla again. Total failure. Yeah, they start shooting at him. Godzilla this time escapes into the water, escapes into the ocean. Yes. But but don't worry. The Navy's got a little surprise for him in there. Right. Yeah, there's submarines, <laughs> That's what right? somebody says. Yeah, they got a surprise for him. Yeah. <laughs> no. So There's no surprise. Godzilla destroys a submarine. <laughs> and then two other submarines engage him. And it, they appear to kill him. They shoot torpedoes. Yeah. It seems that he's dead. And all this, while this is going on, the celebration of, oh, we got him. Yeah. No. Nick and Philippe and the French strike force find the nest in Madison Square Garden. Yes. It's filled with eggs. It's horrifying. Filled. Philippe's team gets to work planning explosive charges, but there's too many eggs. They're yeah. running out. They had well, because because Nick's original hypothesis was an a lizard can lay up to twelve eggs at a time. It's likely that there would be more than twelve, but be, he wasn't betting right. on hundreds. Right, be exponential. Yeah, he was not. He was you know maybe thirty. You know, not not good, but we can handle it. They run. Yeah. So two problems. First, we, they run out of charges. Second, the eggs the eggs begin to hatch. <laughs> All of them begin hatching. At the same time. 
And these baby Godzillas hatch live, and they are not helpless. They come out no. looking for food. They're limber. They come out like raptors. They're very athletic. <laughs> They're hungry. <laughs> and the problem is that everyone smells like fish. Because, you know, yeah, because Godzilla's been in there eating fish. Yeah, he's been dropping fish off in there. So it's not good. With the creature thought dead back on the surface, Elsie... I don't, I don't mean to say back on the surface because they're, they're all on the surface. <laughs> sorry. But with the, with the creature thought dead back in the city, let's yeah. say, Elsie, ground zero, Elsie presses Hicks to find the nest. She's like, look, I think Nick was right. Mm-hmm. Regardless of the crap that happened, Man, I think Elsie. he was right. Elsie, Queen Elsie for the win. Yeah, she does great. I love her. We love, and Vicki Lewis, good actress. So she believes Nick. Meanwhile, the hatchlings are attacking and chasing Philippe's strike yes. team, and they kill all of them. And it's sad. I know. We hate that. Because we, we were like, we must protect them at all costs. Like, we do not want to yeah, lose any of because, these French people. Because these guys are funny and entertaining. So, and, all, he care, and he really cares about his men, too. Yeah, he's like, very that's sad. sad. All four of Philippe's strike team die. Nick and Philippe are left. They unite with Victor and Audrey, who had been following them there. So now and They're you have, getting chased, too. Yeah, so now you have Nick, Philippe, Audrey, and Victor. And they're all getting chased now by the yeah. baby Godzillas. And they barely escape Madison Square Garden. They go into a broadcasting room. Where they use to, to broadcast the sports games yes. that are there. And they're able to broadcast Audrey and Nick notifying the military and the public about the eggs. They show footage. So Nick is exonerated. Nick is vindicated. You know, Audrey gets to break a big story. Yep. Everyone is yeah. theoretically happy. Elsie sees it. She gets Hicks. He mobilizes the military. Audrey and Nick fall in love. Like they had this moment where you can see, like, oh, it's happening. Okay. Listen, Nick. We're still not convinced. Run, Nick. We're still not convinced. No. Too little, too late to be convincing. The four get out just before Madison Square Garden is destroyed by some F-18s. Right. They fly The in. army finally gets it right. Yeah. They, they level Madison Square Garden, destroying the eggs, destroying the baby Godzillas, and our four heroes make it out just in time. But there's a problem. Godzilla's not dead. Right. No. And worse. No, he's, he's just fine. Right. Actually. Yeah. He's like, I'm <laughs> he good. He is like, and I'm back. Yeah. What did I miss? And in fact, he's mad because his babies are dead. He sees his dead... It's a little sad. Just for a minute, it's a little sad. Again, it's just trying to have sympathy for for this creature is... is, It's just misplaced in this movie. Yeah. This moment felt a little close to Van Helsing with the baby Draculas. Yeah. So it wasn't... It wasn't... uh Uh-uh. It sees the dead babies, and then it looks at Nick, Audrey, Philippe, and Victor and give chase. Yes. They get into a taxi cab, and there's this whole chase scene. Yeah. But with O'Neill's help, Sergeant O'Neill, yep. they're able to set a trap for Godzilla. Because he's the only one who is not is going to get out of his own head long enough to listen to somebody else. Right. Exactly. So O'Neill, yeah, he, he's not like, oh, wait, you know. No, he's like, you know what? Nothing they have done has worked. Right. So Let's he, go yeah. with Nick. <laughs> right. So O'Neill is able to help set up a trap to bait Godzilla into the Brooklyn Bridge. The suspension cables trap yep. him. The F-18s, the Air Force, returns. Fires multiple missiles at the creature. It hits it like, I think with like... A bunch. Know, like, they have to get it a lot. Yeah, they hit it on one side, then they turn around and hit it on the other. And they do, and again, the music, that they're yeah, making, no, they're trying to make it a little emotional. And I'm a, like, no, you yeah. don't get to do that with this thing that kills for no reason. Right. Suddenly, it doesn't, I mean, like, yeah, I don't like to see things die. But... No. In the... In the it's the way that, the movie's been going. Right. You can't force me to feel bad for this thing right now. Yeah, there's a moment where the creature and Nick look at each other Again. before it dies. Yeah. And the scene evokes sadness and tragedy. And you are sad. Yeah, you don't like to see things die like but that. It, it doesn't 
have the depth. It's it is for it, it causes emotion, but it is forced emotion. Right. It misses the mark. Right. Because it, it could be more meaningful. This is just a giant monster. It's not the same as when Ken Watanabe's character looks at Godzilla. Right. And in, 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 in in King other of the Monsters. One. Which, by the because way, it's look, real. We know because there's another Godzilla movie coming out. Can't you know, wait. Versus Kong. And I hope that they don't portray Godzilla as bad as just this bad thing that Kong has to fight because Godzilla is not. That's not who he is. Yes, Toby has lots of feelings on this. But the bottom line is <laughs> one. Godzilla doesn't die like that. That's no. not how he goes down. He, no. he, he, he doesn't. No, die. he doesn't. He's he's <laughs> he's important to Earth's survival. Godzilla is. <laughs> yeah, he's just again. He's yeah. He just is. We've talked about it so many and times. And ever shall be. Gojira. Yeah. So the, anyway, so they yeah, kill him. Yeah, he can't just die like a monster. Like some. No. Like some. Oh, this is a terrible thing. It's some, somehow a martyrdom in this yeah. moment. Like oh. The film ends with Nick and Audrey together. Audrey and Nick certainly have yeah. great careers after their work during this crisis. Well, but see here, the problem is right after this all happened, I never thought your life was going to be that interesting. Yeah. That's what she says to the man that she wants to continue dating. Yeah. No, it's not. Convincing. I'm like, listen, ma'am, it falls flat. You, I just need to. Problem. I need to speak with Audrey before she tries to go be with Nick. Right. This is not working. For it me. just seemed forced, and it seemed convenient to the plot. Yeah, but what's together. funny is that when he does kiss her, he he, he looks like, oh, my little happen. I did almost just Yeah, he, he, like, he doesn't even look that convinced. There's no chemistry. So maybe after the movie, he was like, that was fun, but no. Like, I, I think I would have liked to have seen between him and Elsie. I feel like Elsie's going to call him. I don't know. There was just, they, they had a real, I, they, they just, I think there was potential there. Yeah. At any rate, <laughs> Audrey and Nick certainly have great careers ahead of them. Audrey tells Cayman that she quits. You know, she's been seen likely by the whole world report, oh, yeah. reporting this, you know, what she, what she reported from Madison Square Garden. Uh, and not only that, of course, the fact that she notified right. the public about the eggs means that she saved the city, potentially yes. and the she's, world. Yeah, because they're like, you know, no matter what happens to us, like they're basically saying, it's okay if yeah. we die, we just, we gotta do this. Philippe disappears, but <laughs> calls from a phone booth. I will send Victor the tape once I take a few things out of it. Because this, you know, he's a government official. Yes, and this technically is his government's business. Yeah, and Victor Lee, uh, excuse me, Victor, Philippe leaves, mm -hmm. says farewell, and Jean Reno, as mysteriously as he appears, he leaves. He has his French noir exit. He's yeah. walking oh, in, it's, walking into the rain. Yeah, and he's it's just great. Like, it, it really was. I, I like that. I love Again, him. Roland love Emmerich. Him. Roland Emmerich knows what he's doing. With all the issues I have with this movie, you see, he's not one of them. You see moments where Roland Emmerich is like, okay, yeah, you're a good director. Yeah, this this guy. I, I is liked, not one of them. I liked the send off that they gave Philippe. Yeah, and he's mysterious and fun, and you know. Oh, he's great. I just I hate mean, that he lost all his guys. Yeah, that still makes me sad. The film ends with a single surviving baby Godzilla egg. Yep. Which was supposed to be the birth of these sequels. Right. Which, but instead gives us an animated series. And then it, the credits, burn it, burn it, burn it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes, yeah. this horrible song that I still love. I don't so know we had, Yeah, so, so a single uh, baby Godzilla was overlooked, yeah. you know, in, in the wreckage of Madison Square Garden. Yeah, it, I guess no one came to check. Yeah, it hatches and the baby Godzilla roars and then, as Brooke said, uh, the opening... <laughs> As Brooke did the opening notes of uh, the well, technically it's Cashmere, but it was a cover by Puff Daddy. Is, yeah, but I think Come with Me is but, what it was called. Yeah, but Jimmy Page I think participated in that. Oh, he did. I mean, yeah. he would have had to. It was kind of with and, his, you know, yeah, it was his a, song. Yeah, so the soundtrack. I remember ringing up a lot of the soundtracks in Kmart. You know, oh, ringing yeah, up the man. CDs and you know, and the music up, video because I had the, the, the tape. 
the music videos after the movie at the end of the VHS yeah. tape, and I would watch it. And because like Puff Daddy's like singing to Godzilla, yeah, Godzilla's it's, there. Yeah, it's it's, it's not it's the movie. It's a, it's a choice. It's I'll just the, say yeah. that it's a choice, and they made Listen, the choice. <laughs> again, I go back to my issue with this movie, and that's you can't call a movie Godzilla, and no. because this thing is really not Godzilla. But you know, as the '90s was really good at doing. Do, creating this weird thing that exists only in this little vacuum of time. Right, yeah. This works in that it, it works in the disaster film action genre. I think, and I like it for that reason. It's a yeah. it's a fun watch. If you're not analyzing it like we are right now. Right. It's a fun watch. And if you're not a diehard Godzilla fan. Right. And I'm not. Up, so this was not a problem for me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like Godzilla as much as the yeah. next rando, but like Right. You have a deep affection. So this was problematic for you. Again, it's just Godzilla is a specific thing. Yeah. He is a titan, an ancient force. Yeah. It adds such depth and richness and mystery yeah. to the story and not just this popcorn movie, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. kind of what this is. It is. It works. But Godzilla know? movies aren't popcorn movies. I think if you really, I mean, the discussion we had last night, Godzilla movies generally should raise questions. Yeah, we we could we kept stopping and being like, man, like yeah. how are we talking about this deep of an issue about a freaking God- well, Godzilla because, movie? Yeah. But they're there because it Those raises there. yeah it raises questions about good versus evil. It raises questions about balance you know, and about harmony, balance and, and harmony. You know, how far should humans go in the sake of progress? Yep. You know, and all those things, and the idea that are humans at the pinnacle of existence, right. or are humans actually just, just part of it, another cog in the overall scheme, and they need to remain that way, right. and not to be, and not to try to be bigger than they should right. be. We have a role, right? That's they really have, all that's it is. It. We yeah. have a role. And it, doesn't, I, it has nothing to do with being on top right. or or you know being under anything. It's just our role. Yeah. What? And I'm not necessarily propagating either of those views. I'm saying, yeah. Godzilla asks that question, yeah. Sure. Because in the Godzilla films, that that is the presentation that you have a role, and when you go outside of that, Godzilla is going to come in, <laughs> put you back in it, <laughs> and and make sure the roles are back in place. Yeah. He's, he is the only one that operates outside of it. Yeah, he comes in to fix it, and then he leaves. Yeah. He, he enters and exits as he needs to. Yeah, to keep Earth right. what it, whatever it needs to be. So. Without that, it's just another disaster. It's just Zilla. Yeah. So there we go. So yeah, because our son, he he spent like r- literally right now as we're recording because usually we record these after our our kids are in bed, but we things happened this week, and uh, right. so we're recording it during the day, and I'm literally listening to them watching the Mothra song right. on YouTube. So it's Godzilla in our house all the time, but he watches these uh, size comparison videos of all the different versions yes. of Godzilla and Zilla. It's it, this 1998. It is referred to as Zilla. And it's yeah. one of them, and it says Zilla, nineteen ninety eight. So and he's much it's part smaller. of it, but uh, yeah. and we actually we're gonna have to pick, take a picture. His um, our son's birthday a couple years ago was Godzilla themed, and he actually got we got him a nineteen ninety eight Godzilla action figure. Well, he liked it. He liked it. No, that was his favorite one at the time. Yeah. Uh, now he's all Ghidorah, but uh, it's on the table right now in our yep. living room, just sitting there, set up because he sets he he wakes up, he sets up his Godzilla toys, and mm-hmm. they stay there until bed. That's it. <laughs> Well, we have been going on quite a bit. Yes, yes. So let's wrap this Sorry. up. Where can they find us on social media? Alrighty. If you are on Instagram, we are there. We're at the Tape Store. We're also on TikTok by the same name. If you're on Twitter, the Tape Store Pod. And if you want to send us an email, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, the Tape Store Podcast at gmail.com. And leave us a rating, of course. Let's us know we're doing a good job. It means a lot. Brightens our day. We say it every week. And we also want to thank you for your time. 
It's valuable. It's limited. Anytime you spend with us, we appreciate it. And we hope you've enjoyed it because we certainly appreciate uh, spending time with you, even though obviously this has already been recorded. But, (laughs) you know, look, we appreciate you guys. You know, give us a shout out. We love to hear from you. And that is pretty much it. So this has been Roland Emmerich's 1998 Godzilla. It's been fun. Well, you know, (laughs) not quite Godzilla, but I know I can't say enough. Sorry. Oh, my God. Well, we appreciate it, though. We appreciate it for what it is. Yes, we do. In the vacuum of time that it existed. So we will close the doors and bid you farewell for another week. We will see you next Thursday for another great time of 80s and 90s nostalgia at the Tape Store Podcast. We hope you're there. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. Take care, guys. Stay safe.